We have returned. We are back. Bailey, Harper, podcast. 31. We are back. I think that's right. I think it's 31. We Good are back. to be back. I'm off work. Well, does this count as work? Kyle, it should not count as this work. This should never count as work. You're right. You no. ain't getting paid for it. That's true. I'm off. I'm off for the rest. <laughs> I'm off for the rest of the week. I'm off to the mountains to go to my brother's wedding. Congratulations. The best man in my brother's wedding. Which Kyle was a terrible best man because he uh, just got the tux. I what? mean, like okay, he waited you can to the fuck last right minute. off with that nonsense. Here's why. Because uh, first of all. We have to keep in mind that I don't live where the wedding is, so they shipped it to me. Uh, I had no say in this matter. Not only that, um, I was shipped a suit that uh, doesn't have an ideal fit and uh, don't oh. really have enough time to do much about it. So uh, it's a rental suit, man. That's like First of all, this is the first wedding that I'm going to post-fatherhood. And uh, it's a little a bit extra. Is the wife coming? Very different mindset. Is the wife coming? Yeah, she's. We're all going. Oh, nice. Baby girl's first first why road would, trip. I can't believe you just asked me if my wife's coming. Yeah, she's coming. Uh, we're going up there to the mountains, and uh, it's my first post fatherhood wedding. Because you know, when you're a single man or you you know you're you're childless, you're going to a wedding of somebody that you're like you're in it. You know, one of your friends mm-hmm. like we're gonna get so fucked up this weekend. It's gonna be a party. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. I'm like. Oh, we're going to trade the baby off back and forth. I'm going to be in a suit, sweating my ass off. Like, it's a very, like, it's a very different mindset. This is not it's the very go hard mindset. mindset. I yeah. get it, Kyle. Like, because, like, for me, wedding equals getting trashed. Yeah. And, like, turning up. Like, when you're the best man in your brother's wedding. For sure. It's kind of an automatic, you're going to feel like shit the next day. Yeah, I, I definitely, if any one of my brothers get married, I'm definitely going all in. Right. I'm excited. Any and of any boys. of my boys, too. I, I, I think every one of them. Every, every one of them. Every one of them. I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you on like that. I don't but now you got a little bit of extra stressful things. You got, you know, the And daughter. here's the other thing. You know this about me. I don't drink anymore. I just don't. And, like, I'll occasionally drink. I'll have a glass of wine here and there now. Uh, I'll have a cold beer if I'm out with the guys doing stuff, running around on, on a, a, an occasion on a Saturday. Yeah. I just don't drink anymore. I kind of yeah, yeah, lost yeah. my taste for it, and I hate hangovers. If dr- there was no hangover, I drink all the time. But I I think everybody would. Right. But I hate being hungover more than I enjoy drinking. So I just don't. But when you tell people you don't drink, they look at you sideways like, oh, this dude's got a drinking problem. It's like, no, man, listen, I just don't enjoy it as much as I used to. So that's not what I initially thought, Kyle, but I've I've never known you to be a big drinker ever. I I mean, I was. When you actually say that, it makes sense. I didn't know that you really don't drink. But in my early to mid 20s, I got got it it done. I I, I mean, But but Kyle, think about this. Is it not a different type of attitude from when, all right, I'm married and I'm going to a wedding with my wife right. versus I'm single and going to my boy's wedding? Is it a bit mindset? No doubt. One, 180 degree difference. <laughs> okay. like, and I'm actually terrified of how I'm going to feel on Sunday. I don't know. See, that's the thing. He's got a, we have similar friends. My brother and I are three and a half years apart. So we share a certain you know, section of the friend group. Others, we don't. But like his boys, his teammates from college especially that will be there, these guys are rowdy. Like, they used to come visit me on the weekends when we were in college, and, you know, we threw down, and those guys, they go hard. Now, some of those guys have kids, but they also still like to go hard. So I'm kind of worried about how I'm going to feel Sunday on the drive back. I'll, have to, I'll report back next week. I may have to stop and vomit on Sunday, or I might be celebrating myself having some willpower and being an adult. We will see. I don't know what you're betting on, but uh, I'm, I'm not going to. Kyle, this is, I mean, there's no, there's no C answer. It's either I'm driving back feeling great um, I'm throwing up. No, it's just times. A and B. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. the only. That's the only. Yeah. I don't have a C. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna be coming across Fancy Gap Mountain from Virginia to North Carolina on Sunday, and probably vomiting out the window because you can't pull over. I'm gonna hit one of those truck ramps coming down the mountain because I, I'm going with A. I think you'll be, I think you'll be hurting, but I just don't think it's here's the come other out. problem too. When I do drink, I, I like an ice cold beer every once in a while. I don't like getting beer drunk anymore. I don't like the bloats. I don't so like you're going beer. alcohol. I drink straight bourbon out of a Dixie cup. Like, that's my version of going. And if I decide to drink, give me a bottle of bourbon and give me a Dixie cup, and I'm good. I don't want a chaser. I don't want any limes. Just give me the bourbon, give me a cup, and a bottle of water, and I'm good. All right, man. Well, I'm probably going to go with B, final answer. B, final answer? Yeah, yeah. I'm puking up. on the way home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it just depends. Like, I don't know how my brother's going to be. I don't know. If he, if he decides to go all out. Then I, you got to go with him. I'm going to have to. But if he's restraining himself. I might have Why a would he restrain himself? It's his way. Yeah, it's you know, he wants to. Maybe he's got a father-in-law he wants to impress. I'm sure, oh, and uh, yeah. yeah, doesn't want to ruin the night by blacking out. Man, so. that, the best situation for me is my father was cool, bro. I mean, 
I'll never forget, man. So we were on a bus headed because we took pictures before we got married, right? right? We did the first look, all that other stuff. So we didn't have to, you know, as soon as you say I do, everybody can just start hanging out. We don't yeah. have to wait on it. Nobody has to wait on pictures or any of that other stuff. We just, boom, let's go. Let's turn up, right? So before, we're like riding over in the bus. It's all the guys, so all the males in the wedding, which includes my father-in-law. And my boys had that music blasting, bro. We were drinking on the bus. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget, the song was... Uh, by um, Juicy J, <laughs> everybody. And it's like, these hoes, <laughs> they for everybody. <laughs> Bring them all up, right? And like, everybody's turning up and it's going in. I'm like, man, I'm about to marry this dude's wife. And he is jamming just right with the rest of us. I was like, man, that's why I love this dude, Shelly, man. That's my boy. Oh, so no. he, yeah, he didn't even, he didn't care about none of that stuff. So me getting messed up or trashed at my wedding was just part of all who it was. It was a great time. My father-in-law, everybody, you know what I mean? He didn't care about impressive. Weddings are the care. best. Yeah. Weddings are the best. It's the it, best. Make, it brings a lot of people together. It's the best party there is because people, they're there. It's about Wedding love, crashers? About is that what you, not, not wedding crashers, but the mentality of trying to hook up with other females at the wedding. That's me, a real deal thing uh, when you're single, You know, right? you and I as married, happily married men are wading into some dangerous waters right here. Right? <laughs> because we, I'm, I have stories and I'm sure you have some stories as well. Uh, I did. I will never say, about myself. No, no, I, I never scored at a wedding. But as a single man, especially if you are in the wedding party and the bride. Does well, I didn't have, go to a lot of weddings. None of my boys are married for real. I, oh, really? Yeah. None of my boys are married. Oh, all except of mine for are. like a couple. All of mine. I got are. two boys that are I've married. I've got wedding stories. One just for got days. married. I've got wedding stories for days. And the most yeah. I'll have to tell you when it's we're not recording. But uh, I love it. I got a okay. bottle thrown at my head once by an ex because I was <laughs> uh, with a wedding party uh, out at a bar post wedding. And. Uh, yeah, she wasn't happy to see me out there with one of the bridesmaids and just kind of hanging out. And I got a bottle thrown at me. So. I think there's no animosity or a fight at a wedding. It ain't real. You know what I mean? Like oh. something should pop. Well, somebody the, but somebody see, might pop. But nobody's just all the way happy. Yeah, right? and that's, again, that's the thing about weddings, too. It's, like, it's about family and love <laughs> and union and togetherness. And so the vibe is almost always good. Right. Except every once in a while. <laughs> you get that dysfunctional fucking family where there's a fight. You know, somebody's sister is with somebody's husband. I mean, it's just every once in a while, you know, you'll get that sort of thing. And especially... Especially, you know, it's probably more common among certain groups of people than others. And, uh, you know, I certainly knew a lot of them. So, I, you know, it's <laughs> I don't know. I got stories. I got stories. So right, you. Well, we're we're weddings are the best, though. And I, it's a good time. And I was going to say this. I, speaking of alcohol, I do have currently four full jars of white lightning moonshine on my shelf at home that have gone untouched for about two years. And I'm thinking about transporting them across state lines and uh, just making it a party on Saturday. Well, Kyle, you should definitely just take three and then give me one. Oh, okay. And then, like, make I can it happen. I can, you want one of them? Yes. How, how, how would we justify this? It's not a finder's fee. I told you about it. So you just want a gift? Yeah. Okay, we can do that. I we mean, can, are you gonna, I mean, are you going <laughs> to illegally try and charge me for it right now uh, on the am radio? I gonna be, am I going to be getting a hateful text from your wife <laughs> because you blacked out and slept in the pool? Oh no, 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 never that. I mean, I'm not going to go through it all at one time. Okay, just, that's good. It's, it's always good to have some. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. I don't need to be liable for whatever you do after I <laughs> gift you a jar of moonshine. That's all. I mean, I'm taking it back to the home of moonshine, though. Yeah. So that's, you know, it's I, feel, going home. I feel like it's the appropriate thing to bring. It's with the way me. to send it off, Kyle. If you're not going to do it yourself, what, what right. others, I mean, what are you waiting on? As an Appalachian man myself, I feel like it's required of me to bring moonshine to the wedding. I, I like it. I like that. It's idea. either, you know, I'm going to be looked at as a gracious best man who made the party. I'm going to be the guy who ruined the fucking wedding. I don't know. It just depends. It, 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 who gets a hold of the moonshine? Who knows? I'm not really sure. Is it, <laughs> is it my responsibility at that point? These are questions that, you know, groomsmen and So you give it to your brother? I don't know. He, I don't know. I was going to give it to everybody. Just make it a party. Everybody's <laughs> grandmother, aunt. I mean, I'll just, I'll give it to the in-laws. We'll just, you know, we'll be doing Dude. a Congo line 15 minutes after they say I do. True. And somebody's coming out of a shirt. So, ooh, yeah, buddy. You better believe it. <laughs> you better believe it. But again, for all the young bucks out there, and I know we have some young buck listeners out there. I am, I don't know if I'm not, I'm not aging out of, you know, friends getting married, but I'm getting to that point where most of my friends are married and they're not likely to get married again. Uh, or at all. So if you're a young single man, take advantage of wedding season while you can. <laughs> it is. Uh, those Bravo are stories. You, those are stories that you Bravo have. just take full advantage of it. Bravo. Like some advice that I gave to uh, the young bucks here in Charlotte two years ago, my wife and I uh, and our buddy Josh Parcell and his now fiance Avery, we went to a black light yoga session in Southend. And when they taught when they told me we were doing this, as you probably would suspect, I was not happy. Black light yoga did not sound like my idea of a good time. 
Um, and it's not something I would make a part of my weekly workout routine. However, had I been a single man and stumbled into that blacklight yoga session uh, that was led by someone who obviously has extensive experience in pole dancing, um, it was I'll show you some videos. It was pretty awesome. So I've got pretty, wait, so young bucks. I is it still out there? Huh? What? Black uh, light yeah, for yoga? sure. I just, just just Google black light yoga <laughs> in Charlotte and it'll pop up. It was an experience. All right. I will. And uh, it's actually, I think, still on my Instagram. Maybe. I'm not sure. I'll, I'll find out. But uh, I, I do tend to give pretty good advice, I think. So and let's young, give the people that Instagram one more time right now. Let's Kyle. not do that yet. Let's make sure it's on there first uh, <laughs> or that it should be on there to begin with. Well, anyway, I mean, they'll go there. Tell no, you. you sure they'll go there? Yeah, man. Right, we're going to get in trouble. Traffic. Let's, let's move off this topic before I end up divorced, before I even get to the wedding this weekend. Uh, so how about the news uh, yesterday? Uh, Coach K retiring. Yes, that he will. I mean, it's about time. I mean, what else is he trying to to do? I mean, he might as well try and enjoy some of his life, too, some of his legacy. I think it's always positive when you can choose to walk away from the game on your own terms. I think that's important Yep. Um, to have that ability because not everybody has that, right? And his legacy will always stand for something not only great in college basketball, but in, in just basketball in general. Like, he did more than just college basketball, even though he was just a college basketball coach. Coach K is somebody that represents – Winning, uh, tradition, and he did it at the highest level, and you give him all credit. And sometimes it's good to have the ability to actually step away from the game. You still got your mind. You still got your health. And actually enjoy all the, the fruits of your labor. Like, enjoy that, Coach K. Don't – like, what else – I just think it's a great honor for him to be able to pick and choose when he wants to walk away. Before Duke gets bad or anything like that, it's just – Boom, he's gone. Yeah. No, it's – first of all, two months after Roy Williams retires, right? So yeah. here, like, it's in North Carolina here, and I know we have people that listen all over the place. Oh, um, they definitely are feeling it here. Well, I mean, it's seismic. This yes, is the end feeling of, it here. end of an era for, for – I mean, co- this is historically not just a college basketball state, arguably the college basketball state. You know, with Growing Duke, up in Alabama, North Carolina was the basketball state. And I only say arguably out of respect to people in Kentucky <laughs> okay. who have two pretty great programs. Um, but personally, I think that North Carolina is the college basketball state. Um, I, you know, it, I don't know that it felt – It wasn't shocking. Well, I was going to say, Roy Williams' retirement April 1st was – Something altogether different because it's not that he that didn't blindside people. We'd been wondering for a while if Roy was getting close to the end. But first of all, it's April Fool's Day, so you know, of course, you know, Roy. I, that totally went over my head. As well, it was April Fool's that. Day, so we weren't sure if we could believe it at first. And then, you know, it was uh, okay. Well, this makes sense. You'd kind of been hearing he was ready, and you know, some of the transfer stuff had come up. But with K now, it was like, okay, we just saw Roy do this. We've already been talking for two months since then. Okay, Roy just retired. How much longer until K's gone too? So the fact that it came down was like, oh, okay, this is happening, and you're going to coach another season. Some people don't like that. Uh, we were talking Why? about the vi- some people think that it's ego driven, um, that it's so selfish, you can get a farewell, that it's farewell right. tour. I like farewell tours personally, and maybe that's the sentimental sports fan in me. But you know, I thought Kobe's farewell tour obviously for, was awesome. You know, I love seeing Derek Jeter get a standing ovation at Fenway when he went to Boston. Yeah, uh, you know that's unheard. Because it wouldn't have happened if they, he didn't announce that he's leaving. They're right. not going to clap for him any other time. Right. So like, I don't mind you know farewell I, tours. I don't either. So it long as you don't me. come back, okay. So <laughs> long as you don't come back. Then you know you suck. Agreed. Don't, Agreed. Don't come back. You know, but if you do, I'm, who, I'm who cool did that? You. Who came back? I mean, MJ came back uh, <laughs> to play for the Wizards. I know we don't like to talk about that around here, but it happened. He didn't. Did he? But he didn't get a farewell tour with the Bulls. Well, no. And how many times did we think Shaq was done, only for him to go play for? for Shaq the, played for the Celtics, and people forget that. You know, Shaq played for the Celtics. Who else did he play for? Play for the Suns. Yeah, the Suns. Shaq played in more uniforms than people realize. And it's not that like he outright declared, "Hey, I'm retiring." It's that he probably should have retired four or five years before he did. And people just always assume for like five straight years, Shaq was probably going to be finished at that point. So anyway, I just I like a, I think the victory lap is cool. I think it's mm-hmm. I, I like it for sports fans. If it's a guy you hate, of course you don't want to see any more of him. You know, of course you think it's ego driven and arrogant, but. If it's a guy you like, you know, you get to soak it up. So yes. as a sports fan in general, I'll take him. You know, give me, give me all the victory laps you can. I, I'm with it just because I don't think I would have been, like, I don't think I would have been ready for Coach K to just retire right now. Right. 
but the fact that if he retired after next year, I'm like, okay, well, at least I'm kind of glad that he told us. Because at least, like, man, you can, he's a legend, bro. He's not just – I mean, he's Coach K. He's Coach K. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, he's Coach K, and he's you Coach know K. what that is. Yep. So, like, I'm glad he told us, actually, because now we get to actually celebrate him while he's alive, right, which so often in, we don't get to celebrate our heroes while they're alive. Yep. You know what I mean? While we celebrate them when they're dead and gone. So while he's in the game still, we all get to celebrate him everywhere he goes. I think it's an honor. He deserves it. He literally he deserves it, people. I don't care who says whatever. But he deserves it, and I'm actually glad that he announced it and just didn't do it. You know, because, I mean, Roy doesn't get the same opportunity. Roy Williams does not get the same opportunity. But Roy Williams also, we don't know if he's done done. He so, could have. Roy you know I mean? could have it if he'd wanted to. Yeah, exactly. He could but, have taken his victory lap. Roy, Roy earned the equity a long agree. time ago. I agree. He wanted to. I think Roy. I mean, just Roy's done. won more championships. Roy, well, Roy's—he was just done. Not not in their career. He's won yeah. more titles at Carolina since yes. he's been there than Kay has in that time. But I mean, Kay has five titles, twelve Final Four banners. Um, and again, Roy could have done that if he wanted to. But man, I just don't know what it looks like from here. And I'm a believer in college athletics, and I'm a believer that it's got staying power. I'm a believer in its value, its brand power, all those things. And I will argue that until the end of time. But. College basketball is just not in a great place. And I, Why do I just, you say that? Well, I just – I don't I, – just in talking to fans every day on FNZ and, you know, obviously mm-hmm. just watching the sport, mm-hmm. people f- seem to feel much more detached from the sport than ever. And it's largely because of player movement, if we're being honest, and, you know, rosters being different every single year. And, um, I, you know, there's a lot of corruption and scandal in the sport and, and the NCAA, unfortunately. But I think just overall – I don't know. I don't want to be negative about it unnecessarily because I think there's value in it, and I still want to watch big-time college basketball games with great players, but it just seems there are a lot of people either trying to kill it, um, unwittingly killing it, or you know, just unwilling to speak out about what is wrong with the sport and needs to change. And I'm not saying I have the answers because if I did, I'd propose them. But yeah. I think we have to at least acknowledge that while we should be for – you know, the players and advocates for the players getting as much as they can. And I certainly, with NIL, that, that's so long overdue. Don't we also have to point out that, you know, the rapid rate of transfers is not good for, for college football and college basketball? Like, there are plenty of valid reasons to transfer, but a lot of guys are just leaving because there is some adversity or because mm-hmm. they didn't catch the break they thought they would or, you know, the recruiting pitch didn't match, you know, how practice was like. or what. Like, there's, there is too much transferring going on, I think. Am I agree. I I, I, it's way more people in the transfer portal than it is positions available. Yeah. And that's in a lot of – that's not just basketball. So that's happening all over college sports right now, mm-hmm. and it is an issue. Um, but I think it's also an issue in uh, are the coaches – at the highest schools and at the most competitive jobs doing right by those by the kids as well are you still recruiting and still trying to get to know these players once they get on your campus see it's funny what are you also doing as you're recruiting them and talking to them to get them to come to your school did you would like i think if you're straight up with kids and and i'm not saying straight up is in telling like oh you're gonna come here in red shirt all right but like having a vision for them, blah, 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 and being real with them. I think so often we think we have to tell young people unexpected uh, dreams and try and sell them dreams when we really should be trying to sell them a path to a successful human being. Sure. I I talked about this last week with uh, both Seth Greenberg and uh, a couple of people, but I talked with Seth about it after Jay Billis uh, said a few things on our morning show. And Jay, of course, is completely pro-player. Uh, very, very critical of the NCAA and uh, said essentially that the coaches are to blame for all of this. The coaches are <laughs> the reason that we're here and that they need to stop whining and crying and that, that it's to him nothing but whining and lies, as he put it. And then on, <laughs> oh, top, I love Jay. on top of that, he also said that – what else did he say? Um, regardless, <laughs> you know, he pinned most of it on the coaches. I, and two days later, I had Seth Greenberg on, and Greenberg didn't agree at all. You know, and Greenberg said – you know, yeah, maybe the top 1% of the 1% of the blue trip recruits are being recruited differently and being promised the world. But he said, most coaches that I know aren't out there recruiting that way. And so he took, he loves Jay, but he took issue with what Jay said and was arguing some very different points. But I'm not even, we're not even talking about giving actual hardcore money. I'm talking about you promise kids that you're going to play or you're going to. And that's what he's talking th- about th- too. Th- that's what I'm saying. And, like, and that's what Jay was being critical of. Yeah, and, and, you and promised Seth, these kids And stuff. Seth took exception to it. But Matt Darty, a friend of ours who's been on the podcast, former North Carolina yes. coach, 
uh, does every Thursday with me. And Matt was actually more on Jay's side, you know, saying that coaches need to be recruiting differently and saying different things. Yes. And he actually told him recruiting him while you got him there. Right. And Jay trying to love on him and don't treat him like story. Matt told the story of the day that Dean Smith recruited him. Uh, and back in the 80s, and essentially, and I'm, I'm having to paraphrase, but he said Dean came into his living room, and Matt was being recruited by Duke and Syracuse and a bunch of other schools, and Dean told him that, hey, you know, you're going to be lucky to play by the time you're a junior. You're going to be lucky to play here before you're a junior. Before your junior year, uh, we got some really good players and guys ahead of you, and Matt said, and I just heard that and said, okay, I'm going to show you, and he <laughs> used it as motivation. Right. Now, you know, that was in that was then, and this is now. I'm Got sure it. there are some coaches out there being honest. You know, I'm sure there are some guys out there, even if they're only assistants and recruiting coordinators and wide receivers coaches out there that are trying to do it the right way, and maybe even some head coaches. But you do hear mostly stories of guys, at least in my experience, of guys out there that are promising the world to get the best players into their program because if you don't recruit, you're going to be fired well before your contract's up. So I don't know. I don't know how you square it, but you got too many guys transferring, and it's not good for the game. And if they but can, it starts at the AAU level. Oh, there's so Kyle. much systemically wrong with That's, sports. It, we could go basketball. Down the hole. Yeah, I know. It's deep. Yes, Kyle. It runs way deep. And that's the that's the thing. And it's starting to happen with football in seven on seven camps. So it, it continues to advance and spread. Um, Play their hearts out by George Dorman. Great book. Uh, came out. When did this come out? Two thousand ten. I read it uh, not that what long after about? it came out. Play their, it's called Play Their Hearts Out. Um, and the subtitle is A Coach, His Star Recruit, and Their Youth Basketball Machine by Pulitzer Prize winning author George Dorman, who also was a Sports Illustrated writer, uh, an expose of the underbelly of grassroots youth basketball in the NAAU. And this, again, came out 11 years ago in 2010, and he followed around uh, an AAU organization in Southern California that produced a lot of NBA players, guys like Tyson Chandler. And oh. he actually – he chronicled and, and covered this team for, I think, a period of maybe 10 years. Oh, dang, that's a wrote, long time. Before he wrote the book. And it might not have been that long, but it was, an, it was a period of several years. And it was, it's a great book. It's fantastic. And, and so that 10, 15 years ago, we knew AAU had become an issue. And it's not completely bad. You know, I played AAU basketball. I'm sure you did to some extent. And, mm-hmm. and so it was a fun experience, but it became something that it was never intended to be. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, the, Gary Williams at Maryland. Gary it, was, Williams. it was to get your kids an opportunity to go play basketball against really good other teams. Sure. Like, that's all it was. And my team got our asses kicked most of the time. Yeah, but, man, we got butt, our butts kicked too, but then one year we made two championships. There you go. And my boy freaking gets teched and thrown out the game in the first freaking quarter. It was quarter. a great experience, but oh. it's funny because – It comes from a great story because, Tori, we don't forget. Like, I say I played AAU basketball because I technically played in the AAU organization, mm-hmm. but when I think of AAU basketball, I think of, you know uh, – Big-time programs, Nike-sponsored in D.C. and Chicago and L.A. <laughs> I didn't play that kind of AAU basketball. Me neither. Right? Me so neither. That's what AAU basketball is now when people talk about it for the most part. And, yeah, it's all these players know each other. They're all traveling to regional tournaments, state tournaments, some national tournaments. All the, the, the blue-chip guys know each other. They're friends on Instagram. They're friends on Snapchat. That's true. They talk all the time. You know, so the, the natural rivalries don't develop the same way they necessarily used to. Nope. Um, it's just a different world. Because you didn't know anybody. But here's the thing. The game has also grown so much internationally. Africa is about to explode with basketball. Like you and I talked about J. Cole playing in the professional league down there on the last podcast. Yes. Uh, Masai Ujiri with the Raptors, uh, who built the championship teams up there, he has been essentially developing and farming Africa for basketball talent for years now. And when the season, the NBA season ends, he doesn't take a vacation. He gets on a plane and he flies to Africa where he's been establishing academies, basketball academies all over Africa and finding a lot of seven footers, as you can imagine. (laughs) And I mean, they have a professional league. They have academies. They've developed a real basketball infrastructure down there. Africa is exploding with basketball. I can I can imagine. I believe it. So I mean, it does not shock. We're talking about, I think, domestic issues with basketball a lot. And we do have them. But the game itself has grown like wildfire across the world. It's a worldly game. That is one I I give the NBA so much credit. They have grown that game. Absolutely. Like no other sport in America. Anytime you bring up the NBA in China now, it becomes political immediately. But long before it became that political, it was just, my God, look at what the (laughs) NBA has established with their Chinese fan base. Yes. And Yao Ming helped them as an ambassador to the game. And, I mean, it's incredible to not even have very many Chinese-born basketball players that have played in the NBA – 
to have that kind of fan base. And, of course, they've established their own Chinese Basketball Association. I think the players over there make pretty good money. Stephon Marbury played there. Well, he, he's worshipped over well, there. Uh, and yeah. I use that word. So, I, mean, I, mean, I don't use that word loosely either. Yeah, like, no, they really – I mean – Basketball spread sta- like wildfire. They built them a statue, right? Did they? I think he. I think Marbury has a, st- you a sure? statue. You yeah. sure? They built him a statue. I think Stephon Marbury has. This a statue. would be. <laughs> you know what? You know who I'd love to ask this question to right now. Who? To my buddy Rick Bunnell. And I will say this because I, I wanted to make sure that we talked about Rick on the podcast today because so many people are across the country for the past really thirty six hours. Um, you know, if you didn't, if you don't know the news, Rick Bunnell, Charlotte Hornets beat writer, thirty three years, the only Hornets beat writer in the history of the Charlotte Observer. I mean, the team started in 1988. He was hired in 88 to cover them and, you know, all the way through the team leaving, uh, coming back as the Bobcats and then, you know, returning to the Hornets. He's been the only beat writer that the the Observer has ever had, and he's an institution here in Charlotte. And he unfortunately passed away unexpectedly two nights ago. And, dude, the outpouring of love and support for that dude has just – and, like, I knew – I loved Rick – and I knew that people across the country that were in NBA circles that covered the game, that they knew Rick. But, my God, the number – like Rachel Nichols yesterday on the jump yes. on ESPN, a beautiful tribute to, to Rick. Last night, uh, Ernie Johnson you know, mentioned Rick on Inside the NBA. He'd bec- I only known him for five years. But, I mean, I was Kyle, I knew of him because of you, man. And, and you always talk to him on your show uh, here in Charlotte. Yeah, every at Tuesday. FNZ. So, I, I know Rick Bunnell uh, because of you. And I listen to him. I think he's – Oh, I thought he was, you know, he it was guy. awesome. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. I don't want to steal, uh, steal your no, shot. No, it's hard to do. No, not at all, dude. But not I did all. see a lot of the people that I didn't know. I, like I said, when I talked to you earlier was that um, when they were talking about him on the jump, I'm like, everybody really said amazing things about this guy. That's, that's the thing is um, that he sat down to me. He sat down next to me at the very first Hornets game that I was officially covering five years ago, mm-hmm. um, uh, nearly five years ago. And uh, we immediately just struck up a conversation and became friends right then and there, kind of like me and you. You know, we just be was somebody that I just kind of grabbed. But everybody gravitated to Rick <laughs> because he was one of the kindest, most compassionate, caring people. He would text me during the show, news updates, breaking news, thoughts that, you know, hey, maybe take the, the – what do you think about this? You know, mention – like, he was always involved. He'd text me throughout my wife's pregnancy to ask how she was doing, how she was feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was one of the first people to text me when the baby was born. Um, you know, constantly checking in. And just – he was one of the best NBA reporters ever um, and a great journalist. But the, the best thing about yesterday, obviously, in uh, otherwise awful fucking day, was that – people across the entire country realized how respected and loved that guy was because mm-hmm. he was just an A-plus human being, man. Um, he was the best, and I, people around here are going to miss him. I, I talked to a couple of reporters at The Observer yesterday and you know, trying to get the right people on the show to talk about it, and two of them just couldn't bring themselves they, – they knew they couldn't get through it. And yeah, they you know, said, hey, give me a couple of days, let's do – they couldn't get through it. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's how hard it's hit a whole lot of people. I mean, Michael Jordan released a statement yesterday. Michael Jordan, you know, it's not just that a famous guy likes him. You know, it's that he earned MJ's respect because he was a professional who did the job very well. Mm-hmm. So much so that he was the only reporter that I know of. That could talk to Mike. That if he <laughs> needed to know something from Mike, he would grab his phone, text MJ, and he'd have an answer inside of probably 10 minutes. Yeah. You know, that he was the only guy <laughs> I knew that could do that. Well, that's what I heard. I heard that. Uh, I, I think they talked about that on the radio. I think they said Yeah, that. no, I talked about it yesterday too, man. I mean, yeah. I was with him on two occasions that he did it. The first time I didn't know he did it, and I, we didn't know each other for that long, and he told yeah. me after the fact. The second time I, I did, but, yeah, he was the only guy I knew that could reach out to Mike and get an answer right away. Hey, man, I mean, t- tip our hat to him, man, for yeah. real, uh, that he lived a great life and that, look, it, you know, life is not some, sometimes always about the things that you accomplish, but the people that you actually touched in their lives and how many people, like, when you're, when you're dead and gone, yeah. like, that's what they remember. Not always so much about the things you accomplish, but yep. who you are as a person. Those people are the ones that really impact so many. And I was uh, far from the only one, but, you know, I, I would give, I, I would joke with him about being from Western New York, and we have a lot of, a lot of Western New Yorkers living here in Charlotte. And so, where uh, is Western New York? Like Buffalo. And so, that's Western? I thought that was North. Well, it is, but it's also Western New York. But it, yeah, yeah I, I don't know that. Sorry, I'm not. Oh, I'm not. There. I'm no expert on New York. Oh, yeah, like, but I'm sorry. I only know the city, and then like everything else. To I feel me like is most North. people are that. Way, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> like, dude, I don't know anything else. But I would give him. I'd give him hell for that. You know, call him a carpetbagger just to mess with him. And uh, he, but he was a small town guy. 
So he had that small town sensibility where he never, he was never arrogant. He never felt like he was better than anybody. And that's where those stories of him always helping young reporters. Look how many young reporters or just established reporters have sh shared stories yesterday about how Rick Bunnell reached out to them, gave them a story idea, yeah. you know, gave them a, a pat on the back or, you know, an encouraging word if, if that something had happened that was wrong. Like, that's what he did. He helped people. He went out of his way to make people feel welcome. And, like, that's – the world needs more people like that. That's what's hard for a lot of us is that in the middle of the last 18 months, which have – we've seen a lot of ugliness and violence and everything else, the world's got to lose that guy. I mean, there's so many other people that probably shouldn't be here, and we got to lose Rick Bunnell. It just doesn't seem fair, but you know that's kind of an existential question that I, I'm not really all that all that qualified to answer. We're just we're gonna miss the guy. We're gonna miss him a whole lot, man. Well, I'm glad you uh, you you said all that, Kyle. Was Thanks, great. man. I appreciate it. Well, on the on the subject of the NBA, Dame. Da well, dude, what? Do you want to kill me right now? Huh? No, we mean kill you for what? I, th I thought you were gonna bring up my Lakers. I'm just oh well, no, pissed. I was gonna bring that up too. I was I was gonna talk. Bro. I mean, Dame. Dame I mean, Lillard, Dame Lillard. On. And look, and I was telling my boy this. I said, look, man, I know people may get mad or feel offended when I say this, but if it's one last shot in any game that and guy. I had to pick anybody of all time in the NBA. All time. All time. Oh, all time. I'm not going all time. I would. All time. All time. Dame I got Lillard. one shot. Nope. At the last second, I'm taking I'm taking Dame Lillard. I'll put him in my top three, but I, I, MJ's I'm that taking shot. Dame Lillard. Michael Jordan. You can have Mike, and I'll live with that. I'll give it to Kobe before him, too. Uh MJ, Kobe, then Dame. I would take. I'll probably get slaughtered by somebody. I mean, list. you're probably going to get slaughtered. Probably somebody will slaughter. Somebody <laughs> will hear this and tweet at me later. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> MJ, Kobe, and Dame. Have you ever fucking watched basketball? That's Twitter for you in a nutshell. By the way. Yes, it is. If you don't tweet. That's what it's like. Kyle, I'm taking Dame Lillard because he's got deep range from anywhere. Did you see that shot he made? It was a side step back three from deep. And he wetted it, and then this the first, and then the first overtime to take it to the second overtime. That was like, and he got fouled. And he got fouled. He got fouled, he Kyle. He, he got fouled. The degree of difficulty <laughs> on both of those threes he hit was like nine. At, 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 at the least, it was nine. Yes, and, and we've he seen is him. And we've seen him hit it deeper than that. Yeah, and we've see, also seen him hit it like right before half, like half court. This guy has done this. Time and time and time and time and time again. And playoffs, whatever, I'm sorry his team is not great enough to help him get past the second round. But if he wasn't in Portland, we I would not be the only one saying this, and I would say this wholeheartedly, and I don't care what nobody else say. You can take Mike or you can take whoever you want. I'm going to take Dame Dollar, Dame Lillard for my last second shot, and I'm cool with it. Proud Boom. of yourself? Proud of myself. I'm, no. I'm done. Okay. I just 24 hours ago, I was on the air raving about how great he is in the clutch. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, he's a great player. Uh huh. You're not going to get any argument out of me. He's not getting the ball over MJ. Uh, not happening. Not happening. I get it. If, what if we're down three? Still giving it to MJ. It's, dude can't shoot threes. Yes, he can. Wasn't a part of his game until he got older. <laughs> and he proved he could do that too. He just kept getting better at it. You're probably right. That's why, I mean, if it, it, there's no way I'm giving the ball to Dame over MJ. I'm telling you, that, look. <laughs> this is my opinion, and it's not going anywhere. You're not going to change me. You can argue with me, or we can just move on. We can agree to disagree because it's not happening. No, that's fine. By the way, speaking of the Lakers, uh, let's bring that up since you're, we've already got you worked up here. Uh, <sighs> is, is LeBron about to get bounced out of the first round for the first time in his career? By the way, uh, spoiler alert, yes. That's, <laughs> that's the answer. Yes is the answer. <laughs> All right. So, number one, <laughs> I'm going to say no because I still got faith. All right? Number two, if AD does not play, we are gone fishing. Gone fishing. Gone fishing. You mean street clothes doesn't play. Yeah, if, whatever you want to call him. Did you hear Barkley call him that? I did, but I'm still going to go with AD because I'm still trying to hell. depend on it. It was. I mean, Charles is awesome. All right? Charles is awesome. It's also accurate. <laughs> He's always hurt. We were lucky that he, he was not hurt last year. Always damaged. He's all, man, and every time That's he hits what AD stands for. And every time he hits the ground, you're nervous he's going to get up. I know. He's like, awesome. Literally every single time. But he's kind of like a porcelain doll. He is. So. I hope it, he never hears that. <laughs> it'll be funny if he does. Say, like, Kyle? No, no, that no. Was no. That, I don't want to think about that. His reach, I'd never have a chance. No. All right. Anyways, so then, so it, it, that's, number, that's number two. Number three is LeBron is not healthy. LeBron's not healthy. No, bullshit. Hold LeBron on. Hold old. on. Let me. LeBron's old. The, 
Stop. You didn't let me finish sorry. my statement. My bad. That was rude. I'm sorry. All right. I said LeBron is not healthy <laughs> and he's rude. older. He is aging. He is showing age. Call it what it is. And the, yeah, like it, it happens. That's why you need the young guy like Anthony Davis to be there and help you do these things. So, and they don't have dead eye shooters. They All don't. Right? They don't have dead eye shooters. They don't. LeBron got so many guys like open shots the other night, and that's the difference. In Cleveland, at least they had some dead eye shooters. That was awful to watch. They they couldn't make a three. I mean, the second quarter, they didn't score. Like most, like, like the most whole people, quarter. I turned, I turned that game off at halftime. I do. I cut it off at second quarter. I was done. I cut the game. Well, I just off. wanted to see if they had anything, and they didn't. No, I, mean, they, I, they I was didn't. not going to frustrate myself. Awful. I started watching some. I, I started wondering. It was a stupid thing to wonder in that game, especially. But I started wondering during that. And I was game. watching the Portland game is way better. I'm like, bro, I'm not wasting my time on the Lakers. So I, I was wondering during that game, not based on that game alone by any means, but like I was wondering, can Phoenix win a championship? So Phoenix, and that's another thing. Phoenix is a good team. They're, they're good. Like DeAndre Ayton is Phoenix Ayton is, right now, dude. He's crushing it. DeAndre and Ayton the Lakers, <laughs> the Lakers miss Javale McGee and Dwight Howard defensively they have nobody in the paint to no, protect the paint. no 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 it's, it, they have it, nobody to protect the paint lebron and ad together are good enough to carry whatever b- group of slap asses you can throw with them okay all due respect to, i know they need more a little bit more than that but kyle I, kuzma he needs i mean well caruso even, needs to be able to make kyle a shot kuzma know what kyle kuzma's role on that team is i don't think kyle kuzma because i don't know what kyle kuzma's role on that team is I, I'm not really sure. He's supposed to be a, a gunner, bro, but I don't really get it. Sometimes. I don't know what he does. So anyway, sometimes. yeah, the, yeah. I, right. I, I But yes, the Suns. I think they got a chance. It just depends on their matchup. Can they beat Dallas? I think they can beat Dallas. Ooh, Ooh. the Suns. Yeah, yes. oh, the Suns. Yeah, they got the fire. You know what I mean? I I never. But liked I, that. I don't know. I don't like that Clippers team, and I haven't. You liked know what that. I'm saying? So I I think it all depends on the matchup. Yeah. But, um, you know, Chris Paul. I don't know, Devin Booker, like, I think I'd sit on this same podcast, Kyle. I was talking about how good Devin Booker was and how he doesn't get enough respect. How many other podcasts are you doing? I mean, I was just thinking, like, when did I talk about Devin Booker one time on on a show? And it was here. So, it was here. Yeah, so. He's incredible. He There's is no incredible. Doubt. There's no doubt He's about a, it. And, yes, they are eating right now. And, yes, my Lakers look down. And it is possible. But if Anthony, I mean, Anthony Davis has to play, period. LeBron can't do this by himself. He's older. And he's not 100%. So, let me ask you this. Like, we could t- the games have been – I think the ga- – I know there have been some blowouts. That Lakers-Suns game was awful. Uh, some of the – a couple of the Nets-Celtics games. It wasn't awful. I mean, it was awful for you, a Lakers fan. I mean, everybody else loves beating the Lakers by 30. I want to watch a competitive it, game in the playoffs. I, I mean, I don't want to see a blowout. So, I mean, it's not – I was impressed. Oh, I just oh yeah, wa- okay. I, I, I want to see a competitive game. My point being, though – the games themselves have been, I think, entertaining for the most I part. I like it. But what most of the country's talking about is dipshits spitting, throwing popcorn, running <laughs> on the floor, like all this wild stuff that's been happening at, at NBA arenas. And to say nothing of the fights. Have you seen the fights at Major League Baseball stadiums for the past two weeks? There have been some ugly fights. Bro, people back, Kyle. Man. There's no excuses for this, first well, and foremost. No. I, don't know that I, necess- I don't know that I buy, though, the whole – I don't know what happens, Kyle. I don't know that I buy Kyle, that people have been pent up and frustrated, and now they're just – I don't Kyle, know that I buy that. Kyle, I, look, man, I'll be honest with you, all right? I'll be real honest, and i am be honest with the people right now. Be right? honest. I'm a former professional athlete. What? I don't even know what it's like to be in them stands, Kyle. What? I don't know what it's like. How many times have you been in <laughs> the stands? <laughs> I don't, not a lot, Kyle. I figured that much. <laughs> not a lot. Less than 10? Uh, at a football game? Yeah. Probably, le- yeah, in the professional for sure. For sure. For sure. Okay, so you've probably taken a few Alabama games in with, like, right. booster tickets. Yeah, night, yeah, but, like, I'm not just, like, yeah, I'm not in the thick of it. No, I get that. I get so, that. So, I don't understand. Like, and also, it's so, but how, do you, how do you allow, so, a, like, a game to get you so mad where you throw something at somebody? You know, I, I understand there are probably certain like, things. How do you get that mad? Or how do you get, like, that's something wrong with that. Like, how does that happen? Well, God? it's... You're, which one? First of all, which one are you referring to specifically? Because first of all, you spit on somebody, you feel like you're above that well, person. Well, first of all, well, I'll start and with that this. person should get punched in the a face. A lot of this is fueled by alcohol. I mean, a lot of this is fueled by people just being hammered in public, you know, and making bad decisions. And I, that's not True. an excuse. There's people are just drunk as shit, and some of them are already angry, violent people, and it just it's called comes liquid out. courage too, right? Well, yeah, but here's the thing: like the Kyrie Irving thing specifically is the one that I think got the most attention out of all of this because yes somebody threw a water bottle um the dipshit was wearing a garnet jersey and uh, they're going to press charges which they should but you know but, but it's Kyrie 
doesn't get any sympathy from most people, even if what, <laughs> what happened right then and there is in no way, shape, or form his fault, right? Like, I, I'm not a big Kyrie Irving fan. I haven't been for a long time, okay? I was kind of indifferent about him for the longest time. Then he started talking about flat earther stuff, and from that point on, it was just downhill, right? It, it, I'm sure he makes some fine points and once in a while. And he still can't come back from that. Right, but I'm not looking for worldly things from Kyrie Irving. Then last week, you talk about going back to Boston for the first time, and you go out of your way to bring up racism and the history of racism in Boston. And, you know, just I, you're not really trying to talk about it, but you're talking about it, right? That sort of thing. You know, it's like, hey, you're right. History of racism in Boston. Nobody denies it. I know it, too. I, but the real story is it's your old team, you know, who you said you were going to be with for the rest of time. And then immediately at the end of the season went elsewhere. Um, your own teammates were ready to help you pack your shit and get out of town. Uh, because you were not a good locker room presence, to say the least. You didn't really produce all that well, maybe sometimes when you were on the floor, and you just generally weren't all that well-liked. And now you're like, well, I'm not going to talk about the racism, but let's talk about the racism that I really hope I don't encounter tomorrow night. Okay, well, that's fine. You go right ahead and do that. But uh, once again, nobody's going to, to give you much sympathy, even though that guy throwing the bottle deserves to have charges pressed against him <laughs> because you're Kyrie Irving and you constantly are unnecessarily stoking fires that people don't need to have stoked. Like, he's a hard dude to like, isn't he? Can we be honest about that? I, like, I think he does some I, – I, and I don't want to just use any kind of term. I'm trying to think of the right term. I, I think he does some, some – I think he makes some questionable decisions at times. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he I think he lacks uh, timing, like uh, the time in which you do certain things, like uh, also when he went and stumped on the, the logo. Right. That, that's like, what I wanted to ask you next. All right. So he stumped on the logo and it's not like he knew what he was doing. Everybody saw it. It was during like a timeout. Where he's going to high five guys. So at least he tried to play it off. But. I don't know, man. It, it is what it is. I mean, he should do it after the game. That's the next thing I was going to say. Is that you do it after the game? You got people. I had callers on my show. They're texters so on mad, my and show. they already know they don't want to like Kyrie. And Kyrie says some really smart things at times too. He's not just completely I'm, again, gone. I'm not saying the man's never made a good point. <laughs> I'm saying he's made enough really terrible ones that I don't care what he has to say about much of anything anymore. I get it. But the point being that I'll still defend him in this instance. Because nobody should be throwing shit. Nobody should be having any kind of contact with the players on the floor. And who gives a flying fuck if he stepped on the logo? I, it's not a big deal. I, I probably shouldn't have said that. I'll put it this way. Yes, it's a, a not very classy thing to do. You can sports hate the hell out of him for it. Sports you can boo hate. him. You can heckle him. Okay, you can hope the guys on the other team. You can hope the guys on your team, you know, lay a playoff foul on him. Hell, maybe even a flagrant one. You know, let them handle it on the floor. That's not your job. Right? And I don't know when we as like grown people, I know sports are tribal, but when did we as grown people start treating sports logos and mascots like they were the American flag? You know, like apparently stomping on a cartoon logo that they, you know, run and sweat and spit on all game long is akin to burning the American flag. And that justifies <laughs> They did you. not say that. I, on no, but that's the way a lot of these people are acting. Like I had grown people telling me the other day, you know, it wasn't right for him to throw that water bottle, but Kyrie Irving really showed his ass and disrespected Boston and that team and, and the game by stepping on the logo. I'm like, whoa, chill, chill out. Chill. Like, fine. I'll agree it's with still you. a hardwood floor. What he did was petty and unnecessary. It was petty. I don't disagree with that. But we're not about to make that on par with throwing stuff and spitting stuff. And we'll just keep it with this instance, with throwing a water bottle at somebody's head. Right? I don't know if it was full, half full. I'm honestly not sure. But you hit somebody with a full water bottle, throwing it down like that from that high up, you can actually do some damage. It was full? I, I, don't, I can't say that for sure. I don't know. Oh, I, my I'm goodness. Just, like, yeah, if that thing was full, that was trying to, like, hurt somebody. Regardless, you yeah. don't throw anything. But that for could, sure. you could do more damage than people well, realize. Well, Kyle, that. what about the guy that just ran on – what was that, Philadelphia? He just ran on the court? No, that was D.C. It was in D.C. That just, was after the game in Philadelphia beforehand where the dude dumped popcorn on Russell Westbrook. Right. Which, by the way, I'll give, Russ, I'll give Westbrook credit. He's kept his compo – outside of – you know, nearly Russ has been it. messed with like three or four or five times people have messed with Russell uh, uh, Westbrook. Right. At and a basketball game. Like, he did. like the guy with Utah, that was one instance. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. bad. Utah's got underrated, terrible fans. <laughs> I mean, between the last dance stories and the Russ Westbrook thing and the John Morant thing with his dad from last week, too. No, my, what happened with his dad last oh, week? You didn't see that. No. Oh, you got to look this up. Yeah, it was uh, T. Morant, um, his dad. I guess the family was in the stands, and I think the Jazz have, have made it right. They, they, they offered him a really nice gesture, um, and they were very apologetic. But uh, I think John Morant's dad recounted several stories of fan mistreatment to him and his family in particular. 
There was one, I think it was some guy yelled at him, I'm going to put a nickel in your, the back of your neck and watch you dance, boy, or something like that. I mean, it was some, Whoa. oh, yeah, no, it was some graphic shit. I mean, well, I'll put it, some very offensive shit. And, yeah, no, he, he recounted several stories like that. And the Jazz apologized and I think offered him some seats and a few other things. So, but no, it's, Utah's got some underrated, nasty, nasty fans. And the thing with the popcorn, that's the other thing. Like, people say, well, it was just a, a half-empty water bottle. You know, it's not like he shot him. Or, oh, it's just popcorn. How do y'all not get this? You're grown people, okay? If you can't act right in public, you don't belong there. And no, you, you should. You yes. should never be allowed back in. Like, this, these dudes are at work. It might not look like your work. <laughs> you might not make as much money as they do. You know, but if somebody walked into your accounting Preach, firm, Kyle. somebody walked into your accounting firm while you were filing TPS reports and dumped some greasy-ass <laughs> popcorn on your head, what would you do? Would you look at him and say, Preach, oh, it's just Kyle. popcorn? What Preach, the fuck Kyle. are you talking about? Thank you, Act Kyle. like a civilized human being. Please act like a civilized human being. So, so I was gonna. I had a. So I used to have this neighbor when I lived at the View, Kyle, and I we I would always at the View, huh? Yeah. What was that like? It was great. I shouldn't have asked you that. Go ahead. It was great. Okay. It was um, so it was like living like an adult college dorm. It was great. That's exactly how I. Yeah, 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 yeah. My old boss used to live there. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. So, so my neighbor, he would always try and like. Tell me, like, football, right? Yep. And always, like, tell me, well, you know, maybe you should have. What you think? Like, you should have did this. <laughs> and I'm like, look. It was like, Gerald, look. Like, you got to understand. He was like an older white guy. He was, like, in his 60s. And he's always trying to, like, you know, trying to tell me how to do I'm like, look, Gerald. Listen what do you me. think it would be like if I came to your office where he's, like, a financial guy who worked for one of the banks? And I'm like. Hey, no, 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 Gerald, you should invest in this and this, and you probably shouldn't do that. When you get in this position, Gerald, you should maybe try and think about this. And he was just like, or maybe I come in and then I just boo the shit out of you whenever you make a trade that day. Yes. Boo! Yes. Boo the shit out of you. Boo the shit out Throw of you. Throw water at you or yes. something, right? Like, yes. that's what I should do. He, he was like, you know what? I, I think I might be kind of terrified. I don't know if I may be like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, welcome to my world, right? right? Well, like, the booing doesn't bother. It shouldn't no, bother No, the boo. And, and honestly, there is an art to heckling. Like, yes. Good hecklers? Oh, I love good hecklers. I do, too. It, I've had a couple, and I think it's awesome it's when it great. happens. You remember the best ones. Yeah. Well, you I'm sure you remember do. the best I'm ones. I'm sure, and, like, you appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, even if you suck at heckling, like, if you just want to yell dumb shit, go for it. Just keep your hands to yourself and your bodily fluids and, you know, your concessions products and everything else. You know, don't the, the fact that we even are, our people are having conversations this week about putting fucking plexiglass up like they have in hockey games at NBA arenas. They better not do they, that. They you, won't. I mean, the, you, I was like, bro, you lose the whole experience. It'll ruin the game. It'll it ruin the experience. Ruin it. But they have to do something because relying on the uh, contracted out company that pays these security guards eleven dollars. No, they an watching hour, the game. Well, I mean, they're there as a side gig, making some <laughs> extra money on the side. They're not stepping up to fight a fan. Or step in between a fan and a player getting for 12, 15 bucks an hour? Nah, there's nobody doing that. I, I so, you. so you might need to, you need to figure out a my better brother, solution. My brother doesn't work for a security company. He, he's always like, man, the first thing I got to do when I tell these, these new guys, I'm like, look, it's like, it's like with, on, on next Friday with, uh, with, uh, with Day Day and Craig. He's like, look, we ain't, we ain't nothing like the police, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we ain't nothing like them. He's like, they all be like young, like, bro, we, we something like them. We got a gun. We like, we watching. He's like, no, no, no. We ain't nothing like them, all right? <laughs> That's not it, all right? <laughs> God, I love that movie. <laughs> oh, he's like, man, he, he told me, he's like, one time, man, a dude came out there. He had a shotgun on his back. He's like, bro, he came out there. He's like, hey, man, what are you doing? Like, bro, what, what you mean? He's like, hey, go put that, put the shotgun up, dude. Like, <laughs> you, you are purely watching. You're not. What are you doing? Yeah, like, <laughs> bro, you're not gonna be walking around with a do no. less. Yeah. Do less. <laughs> do, t- turn that down like four times. All right. So, some, some people run hot, man. Some you know what I mean? Just he's run like, hot. He's like, you, you're right, but it, it's amazing that whole dynamic. I think it's hilarious because you're right, Kyle. When it came to certain situations. These security people, you're right. They're not going to sit up there and get in between no. that. They're going to be like, y'all need to call security. Most of them people are just making some side money. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're, they're just making some extra cash. You yeah. Know, they're, they're there to – they'll do a good job, but they're not bouncers. You know, no. that's not what they get paid to do. Yeah. Uh, so, no, it's uh, – the, the NBA needs to do something about that. But, I mean, that's – it just sucks because the malice in the palace was a humiliating event for the NBA. Oh. Humiliating. It was also really funny, though, 
to show fans that be talking that yams, uh, you better watch. Yeah. Because when you these dudes really get up here, you don't really want that. Most of you don't. And even <laughs> the ones that do, you still don't because it's not going to end well for you, especially not in the arena. Now, if you want to try some offensive linemen or some power forward at a nightclub, go for it. Yeah. I know some of y'all can win. We've seen offensive linemen knocked out by 5'11 dudes. I mean, no I, doubt. it can happen. Doesn't need to happen in the arena. You got kids and shit. That's where I go back to the Dodgers game from last or the game at uh, Minute Maid Park in, in Houston last week. The Dodgers and Astros obviously hate each other because of the trash cans of the World Series. But the Dodgers fans bought up a shitload of tickets in Houston they for that game. Up. They showed up. <laughs> so it got really nasty in the stands. And there's a clip of apparently what happened. You don't see it on the clip. The Astros fan was very drunk, walked up, swung on the Dodgers fan, and started the fight. Dodgers fan with nothing but right hands absolutely clobbers it. <laughs> the problem is it turns into a melee, and not only is the guy, the Dodgers fan in the jersey, you know, beating the shit out of the other guy, his pregnant wife is also swinging oh. while their two-year-old daughter is screaming, crying right behind them in her seat, and she's terrified because mommy and daddy are you know, going full white trash and fighting at a baseball game. Now, I get it. Some dude walks up on you and swings. You got to do what you got to do. But, I mean, you got pregnant mama, you know, throwing right hooks, too. And oh, you got that, drunk Astros fans. Book. Like, this is supposed to be a family outing here, folks. Yeah. What are we doing? Yeah, baseball. And, like, and you, had, you had, like, four women fighting at a Cardinals at, or White Sox game last week. It was nasty. Hair pulling. Dragging each other over the roses. Oh, it's bad. I got to Google yeah, this. Yeah, I'm going to start. I'm going to start. You're going to get like midnight texts from me from now on with all these fights. They got a lot of fights. It. Uh, Padres fan walks up to an Astros fan, cold cocks him. Oh, I saw one that hit. one. That was the kick off the season. One that hit. was the first one. One hit or quitter. I mean, <laughs> just right there, man. And a lot of people said that was unfair, but I'm like, man, if you, if you walk up. That is not a sucker punch. That guy walked up to him, and he just decked him. For, he swung first. If you've been jawing with a dude, and he stands up aggressively and walks at you with his, fence cl or his, cl his fist clenched, there's nothing about that that's a sucker punch. No way. You, you better be ready. If you don't even at least entertain the idea that he's about to swing on you, you're an idiot. So, I mean, the guy's still an asshole, but that was – people argue with me like, that's a sucker punch. Like, there's nothing about that that's What a was he punch. supposed to tell him? Hey, put your hands up. Right. I'm about to hit you. He's, the dude's a prick. He shouldn't be fighting in a baseball stadium, but that was not a sucker punch. Yeah, man, you can't aggressively go over there and walk in front of the dude's face and think you're going to get in my bubble and I should probably swing first. Well, that's what they teach you. You should always swing first. Right? Yeah, I mean, that's, at least that's what they well, try I mean, and tell that's, you. I mean, I would say talking. don't swing yeah. at a basketball baseball I, I, yeah, game. Yeah, we should probably give don't swing. Let's give fatherly right. advice yes. here. You know, even though we be might the have bigger been, person, we might have been instructed differently. I would also up. say walk away, but Look if you. you don't walk away, two for you two, better be ready. Back to back fatherly advice. Yeah, even though we might have been taught differently growing up. Yeah. Anyway, real quick before we get out of here, I just saw this headline pop up. Uh, because, of course, it's just something else in this ridiculous news cycle that is the week. Uh, Johnny Manziel says he made, quote, unquote, a decent living selling autographs at Texas A&M, but never took a dollar before winning the Heisman Trophy. So how does that work? Johnny Manziel says he made somewhat of a decent living by selling autographed items during his days at A&M, but that he, quote, never took a dollar, end quote, until after he won the Heisman Trophy in 2012. Manziel recounted selling his autograph during an interview with Barstool Sports detailing two different transactions in 2013 that he says netted him $33,000. Okay, so apparently he's saying he made a lot of money selling autographs, but not until after he left Texas A&M. Hmm. You know, i got to be honest. I'm not sure I fully believe him. You know what? I'm going to be honest. I don't even care. I don't either. It's not Johnny even a little Manziel, bit. I think, I, first of all, I, I hope Johnny Manziel does – is successful whatever he tries to do in his life. But I'm telling you, right now, I, I feel like I think he's just trying to find himself. And, I, look, I hope he did make that kind of money. You know, I'm, I signed that. You see that painting back there, Kyle, from yeah. Alabama yeah. that's wrapped in the right there? I, I do. I made 30-something thousand off of that after I got out of school for signing that. I signed a whole bunch of those, and they sold them. After you got out of school? Yeah. Nice. So it's not surprising when you can sign any kind of deal. What kind of you know? I mean, you can. Oh do that. hell no! Look, I've, but um, everybody, I want everybody to be rich. Yeah, I do. But I mean, so Except that for part bad that, I don't that want bad doesn't to be rich. that doesn't surprise me. But at the same time, I mean, I'm sure he got some stuff in college, but he probably didn't have to. He comes from a rich family, and I still don't care. <laughs> and I still don't care. I don't care what he I, got. I don't care. Either. That's his business. That's what I don't. That's that's what I don't get about the people who just you know, these players get enough. They got a free ride and you know tuition and room and board. Why, why and, you go with that voice, Kyle? Because I like it. I don't know. 
because <laughs> I think that's what I hear most often when I hear that complaint. I love it. Okay, I know. Go. Uh, free clothes and a big man on campus and the women love them. I mean, how bad could it be? Well, it's not just that. It's that, you know, it's not very American or capitalistic to yeah. place caps on what people can earn, especially yeah. when you're treating them differently for no particular reason other than, you know, arbitrary amateurism. So, yeah, sorry, I don't agree with you. And I don't care what anybody makes because it doesn't have any impact on my life. You know, it's not a zero-sum game. Him making more doesn't mean I get less. Cool, go get yours. I just, you know, it's Johnny Manziel. And uh, he's always – that guy will never not be in the news. I he will find a way to be in the week, news. Johnny Manziel was trying to, like, become a pro golfer or something. Uh, I mean, yeah, I read that too. But then uh, like a month before that, I watched him on a podcast say that he'd never play football ever again. And then two weeks later, he was on that ridiculous fan-controlled football league as a quarterback. So I don't know. That's what I said. I, I just don't even – I tune him That's out That's what now. I said. I think he's trying to find himself, and I hope he does. And Is Tim it. Tebow trying to find himself in Jacksonville? I don't th- – I think Tim knows who he – well – I can't completely say that, but I, I think Tim has a good understanding of who he is or what he wants to try and be in life, man. I Look, man, I applaud Tim. I wish him good luck, but like I said, I believe it when I see it. I just want to see what role they're going to have him in. Yeah, He's already going to be a smaller, quote-unquote, tight end because he's not that tall. Then he has to be able to get open, which he's never had to do. He has to be able to catch against younger guys, and that'll be guarding him. Not only that, but he's going to have to do something he's never had to do before. Not that I would think that he has. And that's get hit in practice. Quarterbacks always have a red jersey. You don't get to touch the quarterback in practice. All right? I know it is Tim. They probably did it. Some goal line, whatever. But, like, like you don't get to hit the quarterback. Now he's going to get hit a lot. And somebody's probably going to be like, man, bump this guy. I'm going to make my name off of hitting Tim Tebow. Well, sure. Somebody's going to do that. Oh, for sure. And, like, I, I, I don't know Tim well. I know people like you. And he who, has to block, too. I didn't right. even mention and that. Like, I, I know block. people like you who know Tim personally, and you all speak very highly of him. And He's an amazing human being. Right, that, that much I know to be true at this point. I just, like you, you know what? I'm rooting for you. But <laughs> at 33, 34, learning it a new a, position, eight I, years out of football, like, that's just a lot. Yeah. That's and, a and, lot. And I told somebody, this this woman asked me how to, what I think about Tim and his decision. She's like, before you say anything, I'm the biggest Tim Tebow. I was like, oh, great. I, I like it because, you know, it's 60% of people that love Tim Tebow, maybe 65. And then it's the, like, 30 that hate him. And then the other five just have, like, eh, whatever, right? Yeah. yeah. So I, I told her the same thing. And I said, look. And after I said all that and wrapped it up, she's like, so you're saying he has an uphill battle. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. He's got a very uphill battle. There's no doubt about it. Man, that is exactly what I would say. Last thing, and I know we got to run. I I just wonder, and I think a lot of it is media conjecture and media manufactured content because it's a slow time and there's no football. But, you know, people suggesting or, or reporting even that, well, you know, Urban might look to use him in a, a utility knife type of role like uh, Taysom Hill and you know, might have some packages for him under center. I know Trevor Lawrence seems like a really gracious, you know, humble guy. And I don't even know if he would have an issue with that. But if you just drafted Trevor Lawrence, there is no circumstance under which I'm taking away snaps from Trevor Lawrence to give them to Tim Tebow for, you know, anything, honestly. I don't, I don't know how you feel about that. Uh- I mean, you got to develop the kid. Yeah, right. Like, I, I don't think that happens. If you want to do like, not to throw the ball, right? That's there's what I'm no saying. way I'm taking Trevor Lawrence out to throw the ball with Tim Tebow, right? Or, or even, I mean, I guess maybe there's some gimmick trick play you can run where right. he ends up. But you also got to understand, Lawrence I don't want people to say, I don't know. I, I don't want people to say Tim Tebow is Taysom Hill because he's not on, Taysom real Hill. Pause real quick. Hey Jeff. Hey, can you call me back in five minutes? I'm wrapping up. If not, I can stay on. But can you call me in five minutes? All right, call me in five. All right, bye. There's no way you could say that t- um, Tim Tebow is Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill ran a 4-4. Oh, yeah, he's a great right? athlete. Taysom Hill is like, well, I can't say he's stronger than Tim. Tim's a freaking Tim's a, rock. Oh, that dude's an ox, but, man. 4-4 four, four looks a lot different than what Tim Tebow's style of running is. Tim Tebow tries to, like, run over people and yeah. he's not as, like, mobile as, as Taysom. Taysom, I mean, they got him doing all kinds of stuff. It, is Taysom, I mean, is Tim going to be able to run right? I don't know. I got to see it. I got to see it. I want to see this vision. Yeah. And, and like you said, on the main point, there's no way I'm taking reps no. off of my star rookie quarterback no. who I tanked to get, and all of a sudden now I'm putting in Tebow. No. Tebow mania? Like, what are we really doing here? I know. Now it's more, it's trying to be more 
unless they win all their games, it to me it comes off if you're doing that more as a show or a circus, like I'm doing it for the tickets than the actual product of winning. Yeah, I'm with you. I got to run. Uh, my boy Smoke is staying at the house this weekend and dog sitting. So I'm I just go glad make you sure. didn't call him Evan. You did. I thought we'd never speak the government name. But see, it's like saying Voldemort. You shouldn't have said that. Okay, that was nerdy as hell. No, we, Smoke's coming over. I got to show him how the security system works and uh, how to not lose my dogs this weekend. All so. right, man. Good luck, man. Appreciate you, Kyle, man. Always great. Hey, yeah, great take, episode, I think I've, de- I've decided. Sorry, now I'm taking the moonshine. What did you just ask me? I said great episode, bro. We did oh, good, Oh, thank man. you. We oh, sorry. That, my man. bad. My bad. And shout out to Rick Bunnell, too, man. I've already, I'm already thinking about moonshine. I think, right. I, I think we know. Are you dropping one off? I think we know how Sunday's going to be. Are you dropping one off? I mean, you want a moonshine delivery at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning? Dude, yeah. I'll come get it. I mean, that's either one. Sure. You really want a jar of white lightning? Yes. Why would I not, Kyle? I'm at, when I walk out of this place, I'm asking your wife if that's okay. What is she going to do besides nothing? It, it's, it's that way she can't come back and yell at me a second time. Kyle, what if I tell you she's not even here? Well, then I guess it looks like we're just going to roll the dice. There we go. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, for Roman Harper, I'm Kyle Bailey. Work hard. Be nice to each other.